Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. So he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and again about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. At about five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. So the workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said. And you have made them equal to us and have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Do you remember an AT&T commercial where a female AT&T employee or vendor is handing out lollipops to a boy and a girl? She wants to show that AT&T is giving away the best deals to all customers. Those who have been faithful customers, as well as the new ones who sign up. She illustrates how other companies mistreat their customers by giving the girl a small lollipop. But to the boy, she gives a big lollipop. The little girl's astonished and immediately cries out, it's not fair. So the AT&T vendor meets the little girl's demands for justice. The girl returns the little lollipop and quickly grabs the bigger one out of, her hand, out of her hand. My reaction is, who's the real sucker here? Here's the commercial. So at at everyone gets our best deals. Are others showing up? Others say that, but not everyone gets the best deal. Like, what if I give you a lollipop? Then I give you our best lollipop. That's not fair. Really, that's pretty much all of us, isn't it? You're all about fairness, 
when it comes to getting what you want. You're quick to cry unfair when you think that you deserve better. In our society, crying out unfair has become a preliminary mantra to labels of racism or political affiliation or any variety of phobias. Well, you'll be glad to know, however, I'm not going to talk about those arguments. To do so would be unfair to the gospel. All that is necessary to understand is that it's in your DNA to want it all, like the old Burger King commercial, have it your way. After all, isn't everything about you? Isn't everything that is fair what you judge to be fair? From you, for you, uh, Lady Justice has one eye open and she's winking in your direction. You look for a way to get what you want because it's only fair. And when you get it, it doesn't matter at what cost, financially, morally, physically, or maybe spiritually, if you get what you want. That's fair. What lies behind these cries of unfair? Well, to say something is unfair, you're saying that you deserve better. Unfair always masks deservedness. I think I deserve it. And it's unfair if I don't get it. If they got a big lollipop, I deserve a big one too. I did as much or even better than they did. You can always think of an excuse to deserve something so that it's fair to you. Also, our Declaration of Independence teaches us all people are created equal. That's the Founding Fathers saying that they were treated unfairly and now they're going to get what they deserve. As you can see, fairness leads to arguments of deservedness, which lead to arguments of, drum roll please, equality. The concept of equality, however, lacks an impartial base to measure exactly what determines being equal. I want equal pay. On what basis? In our society today, deservedness may be based on political affiliation, gender, race, ethnicity. Lacking any objective base for assessing deservedness, equality becomes anything you can come up with to justify deserving something. Equality is the poster child of unfairness. Unfairness, deservedness, and equality are really three strands to a braid of self-centered, self-centeredness flowing from the Medusa-like head of society. You remember Medusa, don't you, from high school mythology? She was one of three mortal gorgons or demons whose braids were snakes that turned anyone who looked at her into stone. Unfairness. Deservedness and equality are rooted in yours and my self-centeredness. From the snake in the Garden of Eden to the snakes on Medusa's head, they lead to destruction. That's how humans live. That's how we live. That's human society. This is the problem behind Jesus' parable about the workers in the vineyard. The last two weeks in chapter 20, our, our parables have dealt with mercy so we have a clue in approaching the parable today. The vineyard workers in our parable think they're treated unfairly. 
So they think they deserve bigger lollipops than the other workers do. According to scripture, however, nobody is deserving. There's one little word translated from the Greek into English as ought. O-U-G-H-T. Ought doesn't mean what it used to when they used that as part of the English translation. Today, when we say ought, we kind of mean should, but without any moral obligation or consequences. I ought to go to the store, meaning I should really go to the store. Or you ought not do that, meaning you should not do that. The intended meaning of the Greek word, however, means obligated. You are obligated. It means to owe or be in debt to someone. And as creatures of God, you owe him your life, your livelihood, and all that you have. You are in debt to him. As his creation, you really have no freedom of choice. You have no rights. You deserve nothing. You are simply to obey and worship your creator and live your life in peace with others. Since you are obligated, there's no question about fairness. His judgments are just and irrefutable because his judgment is based alone on his holiness. Our world is quite different from God's. In our world, many law violators get away with their crimes, or the rich may increase their wealth unfairly by taking advantage of and ignoring the well-being of workers and never get punished, but not with God. With God, you get what's coming to you because all have fallen equally short of God's purpose in creation. You deserve only death and punishment for not living in that relationship with him. It's so unfair. In God's judgment, you don't even deserve a lollipop. It's quite the contrary. Like a Tootsie Roll pop, you're licked to the core by his inscrutable judgment. His judgment uncovers any candy coating that you might wrap around your sticky, gooey, broken core. Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 11, Oh, the depths of the riches and knowledge and wisdom of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has first given to God that God needs to repay him? As Christians, you and I are equal and we're deserving. Along with the rest of all of humanity, we share our brokenness with everyone around us. We confess this every Sunday. I justly, that is fairly, deserve your temporal, that is right now, and eternal punishment. That is what we deserve. That is fairness. In sin and judgment, we are all equal. Created in God's image, but basking and delighting in our own. This is Peter's and the disciples' problem. Last Sunday's parable was told because Peter was looking for boundaries in showing mercy. How much he had to do. How often must I forgive my neighbor when he sins against me? But in the kingdom, there are no boundaries for forgiveness. 
Today, Peter's question once more focuses on deservedness to receive mercy. How much work does he have to do? What do I get for my input and my hard work? What's the payoff for what I do, Jesus? The more I do and the harder I work, the more I deserve to get, and the greater should be my reward, right? That's what it's like in the kingdom of this world. So, Jesus, is this what the kingdom of heaven is like? Peter and the disciples had just heard Jesus tell a rich young man to sell all his possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. All sounds very quid pro quo. You mean the more I give to the church, to the poor, my outdated, overused, worthless possessions to goodwill... I will receive more in heavenly treasure? I deserve it, right? I've proved my worth above all others. Where do I sign up? Peter's no dummy. He puts two and two together. He asks Jesus, see, we have left everything and followed you. We're better than that rich young man. What will be our reward? Peter has calculated Peter likes to count and keep tallies on things he's done. He lives by the law. He's calculated that he has left everything, work, family, his old beliefs. It would be unfair if he didn't receive more than others who did nothing. What is fair? Deserved. So Jesus tells Peter and disciples they will receive a hundredfold in eternal life. And everyone who has left house or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, for my name's sake. Surprisingly, Jesus adds, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. That's always confusing. Especially if you scheme to put everyone else ahead of you so that you're the last in line, so that you actually can be first. How ironic. Then the parable. The vineyard owner is always God. The vineyard is Israel. It was this way in the Old Testament. It's this way here in the New Testament. The workers whom he hired were his chosen people, and the payment for work was agreed upon. This is what you will receive. Prophets, priests, Moses, the Jewish leaders. But then Jesus had to go to Home Depot and saw cars and trucks sitting around waiting for work to hire more workers, Gentiles even. And at the end of the day, the workers, all of them, want their pay. Then like when Gomer Pyle cries, surprise, surprise, the last received the same as the first, and the last were paid first. Cries of unfairness, inequality, deservedness ensue. I'm better than they are. I've worked harder. They're migrant workers up to no good. My work is more valuable than theirs. Besides, I gave up my vacation to work here. These words sound familiar. Does Peter sound a little bit too familiar? Do you see him when you look in a mirror? You all want what you deserve when it favors you, and if you don't get it, you justify deserving it by your comparing yourself to someone else. They never help out in church like I do. If it weren't for me, the church would be in a mess. I give enough in the offering plate. The church doesn't deserve a penny more. 
Like Peter, you, a worker in God's vineyard, at times think you deserve more of God's grace, more of his salvation, more of his favor over anyone else. Don't you deserve to be first in line to the kingdom? Just like the little girl who objects to the size of her lollipop in AT&T, so you reveal your objection when others receive what you imagine you rightly deserve. You rightly deserve and others don't. It's possible that you say this when you think you should be rewarded for going above and beyond in your duty. But even worse, it might be that you think this, that in some way you are worthy of God's mercy over other people. Like when you pass the homeless on the street. Those dirty homeless people do not deserve to be saved. They've messed up their lives and litter everywhere they go. Or perhaps the drug addicts get what they deserve. They don't deserve God's forgiveness and grace. Or perhaps you've thought, my neighbor's teenage daughter fooled around. She's old enough to know. She gets what she deserves. Peter wanted a better reward for his faithfulness. He imagined himself first in line for the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God is not a meritocracy. God calls those who are desperate, those who are the least, the outcast, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for mercy and wholeness. To all who hunger and thirst for salvation, God calls to the front of the line. Those who seek his grace and his mercy, who have ears to hear his words of forgiveness, receive through faith, not works, what their Savior offers them. A full salary on life. The biggest lollipop. Thinking you deserve to be first with an unrepentant heart, basing fairness on your works, you find yourself like Peter at the back of the line, destitute of the glory of God. But Jesus calls those who acknowledge their sin to be first based on his work and his merit. He's the first fruits of the resurrection on whom God has shown mercy. So quit complaining about the size of the lollipop you think you deserve and rejoice in the gift that you don't deserve. All people who have ears and have heard and believe in the Messiah are standing right next to you. The ragged, the jobless, the homeless, the addict the single parent. All who believe and follow Christ stand side by side. Lollipops in hand, all the same size. The man or woman who repent on their deathbed, who lived an ungodly life for 90 years, yet come to faith on the day that they pass away, Stand next to the woman or man who was baptized a hundred years ago, who taught Sunday school, and who visited the sick. All equal. All undeserving. All shown mercy. Mercy and forgiveness in God's kingdom are one size fits all. No need to measure. His cloak of righteousness fits you perfectly regardless of age, weight, or size. 
All in the vineyard who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be shown mercy and receive the lollipop of eternal life. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.